This is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info. My guest today is Dr. Alka Patel, who is a GP, lifestyle medicine doctor and workplace wellbeing strategist. After being in the medical profession for over 20 years and striving for a successful career, she hit burnout and soon realised that the healthcare system was heading in the wrong direction. With this, Dr. Patel decided to launch her own business called Lifestyle First, a company which she runs today and specialises in stress management and age reversal, providing tools for overwhelmed and overworked professionals to live a happier, healthier and productive way of life. I'm in conversation with Dr. Patel today so she can share her backstory with us, but also to provide practical tips and advice as to how we can start taking control of our own health while still managing the demands of the pressurising careers that so many of us face today. Welcome, Alka. It's really lovely to be here with you today. Oh, likewise. I'm delighted to be having this conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's start by telling us about your current business today, Lifestyle First, and how do you support others in leading a healthier way of life? Yeah, great question um, to start with. So yes, Lifestyle First is my health and wellness business. It's the place where I really strive to amplify health as your most valuable asset and as your strongest skill. And that's really all about creating lifestyle changes, creating compassionate lifestyle changes for happy, healthy living. And that's really what the main focus of my of my work is and my business is. And it's all in its name, lifestyle first. It's really about empowering you to prioritize and value your lifestyle as the first and absolutely most important centerpiece for your health and for your happiness, for sure. So we're going to hear more about that a bit later on. And you're obviously going to share with us some advice on how we can actually put that into practice. Um, What inspired you to get into medicine? Oh, gosh, got to think back um, for that. Um, To be honest, when I was thinking of my my career choices. And and when do you think about that? I think it was the sort of tender age of 16 when you start getting asked, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And at that point, I was either going to be a doctor or a dancer. And I think if you saw the way I dance now, you'll probably be quite (laughs) pleased that I made the right choice in becoming a doctor. So that pretty much um, was it. And of course, there's that desire and need to help people as well. And I know it might sound cliche, but it really isn't cliched when it when it comes from the heart, is it? No, not at all. So they're quite um, completely different industries. Um, So let's move on to your first song choice, which is Bon Jovi and It's My Life. How does this song resonate with you? Oh, gosh, it's all in the lyrics isn't it Rosie so those words I think you've really got to listen to Bon Jovi's words it's my life when he says my heart is like the open highway like Frankie said I did it my way I live while I'm alive it's my life and and that's the sort of real um the echoes that I hear about really feeling able to do it my way and we all can we really need to be able to grasp life don't we and live it in this moment seen a song for the broken hearted It's 
with It's My Life. So share with us your journey from being a doctor and GP to becoming a business owner. Yeah, sure. So I've been a GP now for, gosh, well over 20 years ago. And it was a good few years ago that I started to feel, what would I describe it as, professionally unsettled. Now, I know there's constant political and economical pressure, uh, certainly within the medical field. It's always mounting and always well. And if we look at the moment, unfortunately, the backlash against general practice really is at its most crushing. And, and it's incredibly harsh to so many GPs who are working insanely hard in a very unsupported system, I feel. But, um, but a few years ago was when I started noticing what I call the revolving door of general practice. And I mean, really noticing it. So patients who seem to be increasingly dependent on me and dependent on my prescriptions, but just didn't have those long-term gains in their health that I so desperately wanted for them. And I started noticing that distance as well between that doctor I wanted to be when I entered medical school and the doctor that I was 20 years later. And it was such a big gap that I decided to do a pretty bold thing. So took a big dose of courage and a large gulp of humility, I think. And I left the comforts of my GP partnership and pretty much jumped into the unknown because I didn't know at that point what I needed to be different. I didn't have a plan B. I just knew that I needed this seismic shift in my relationship with my career. And the day that I decided that, I actually just sent a text message to my husband who happened to be away at this time of my most deepest of revelations. And um, my text message simply said to him, I'm booking myself a ticket for solo travel. Is that OK? And he replied, just do what you need to do. And so I did. I left my partnership. And the day after I did that, I got my passport. I boarded this plane to India all alone, which I'd never done before. And I've never traveled alone. I went to Kerala, part of the world where I really didn't speak the language at all. And I spent a few weeks volunteering, which again, I'd never done before either. And I was out there looking after people at the end of their life. And what I saw, Rosie, really, really changed me because what I saw was kindness and compassion. And in the face of poverty, I saw happiness and self-care and connected community. So by the time I did come back to the UK, of course, my bubble had burst, I'd regrounded. And that's when I discovered lifestyle medicine. So it's what I call common sense medicine or self-care medicine or root cause medicine, because it takes us all the way back to the most important causes of changes in our health, which are our lifestyles. And there's so much evidence and research now. There's lots of physiology and biology to sort of back up all these changes. Because what we do know is that 80% of our ill health is completely preventable. It's reducible, it's reversible, all with a lifestyle approach. And that is huge. That's 80% of your health, which is truly 
in your hands mm. and that's um and that i think that statistic alone is really why my passion project has become about redefining health that's why i did a tedx talk this year as well which uh, which i called health is a verb not a noun because i really feel we can all take action on our health and that's why i set up lifestyle first so that you really can skill up on your health and live that very optimal long and happy life do you think it's a case of personal opinion as to whether people believe in the doctors, the NHS and keep taking certain medication? Or do you think, you know, in comparison to leading a more natural and healthier way of life through sort of the techniques that you provide, but also other practitioners, do you think it's a case of which avenue an individual wants to take is down to personal opinion and belief? Not directly opinion per se, but I think you have to be really open to knowing yourself and tuning into your own signals. Our bodies are incredible, Rosie. They give us signals constantly and we have to be able to tune into those and take action. And the difference, I think, with focusing on your lifestyle or getting a pill, for example, is that actually lifestyle needs your energy. It needs your effort. It needs your commitment. You're the one who's going to be doing something which will have that strong, positive, beneficial effect versus popping a pill. It might feel like the path of least resistance to take that tablet as an example, but actually the long-term gains come from that shift in your mindset, that feeling of that energy. And that's what happens at that kind of cellular level. So I don't necessarily think it's opinion. I'm, I'm certainly not averse to medication, not averse to vaccination. These things have got huge places in our lives and people do incredibly important work, but I think it's looking at how we can, you know, work together with ourselves um, to really create that, that health that we that we need and as I said 80% of it is really about how you map out your day absolutely and I think it's changing the habits you know when we have to take control and work it, it ourselves it's us changing our lifestyle habits so it doesn't feel like an effort um, and I think one of the things that obviously we really want to focus on today is everyone's going through challenging work and I think our focus sometimes our focus is blurred um, and we're not achieving as much as we would like to so what natural techniques would you would you suggest for us to feel more focused mentally so we can achieve more in our work Gosh, there's uh, there's so much there, isn't it? In terms of sort of uh, where do you start with your um, with your mental focus? Um, I work with lots and lots of businesses and organisations, so law firms and startups and finance and IT, a whole range where I go in and provide lots of workplace wellbeing interventions. And I have to say, one of the most well received techniques that has gone down so well every time I teach it is turning your dreams into your success so what do i mean by that so what i mean is that first thing in the morning when your alarm goes off do not press the snooze button simply because it's meant to be seize the day isn't it carpe diem it's not snooze the day so <laughs> instead, of, instead of pressing snooze think about your dreams now as you get to know me you'll know that i love 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 acronyms so ask yourself these six questions first thing in the morning right so d is what difference do i want to make today r is how ready am i for the day today e is how much energy have i got today a is what positive affirmation am i going to flavor my day with today m is what is motivating me today 
and S is what am I going to be doing for my own self-care today? So it's really easy to remember. It's six questions that will take you less than six minutes to answer. So less time than that nine minute snooze button for sure. And just by asking yourself these questions, what you're doing is you're starting your day with intention. And that is absolutely the way to keep your focus and achieve exactly what you need to in your day. That is how you turn your dreams into success. So anybody listening, I really would encourage you, just try this tomorrow morning. Six questions. It's a really easy to remember acronym. It's DREAMS. Six letters for you to remember. And just have a go and see what difference that makes for you. Well, I certainly won't be pressing my snooze button tomorrow. I'm going to put that into practice. <laughs> so let's move on to your second song choice, um, which is Mackenzie Ziegler. Tell us about this record. Well, there's something there in, in the breath. The reason I chose this was because I really wanted to have a chat about our breath and breathing and the power of breath and actually we how much we take it for granted but actually how much of that can really help to shape our response to stresses in life so um it's the words in the song about taking that breath um which i think is so so important for us to um to really remember so that's the reason for that um for that song choice really As on the prize, i know sometimes you might fall on your way down when things don't fall into place mad at the world yeah i've been there before lost and confused and thinking that you can't take anymore no 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 don't worry about nothing oh it's all gonna be good oh oh oh, oh you really something out didn't you know that you could no 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 don't worry about nothing oh it's all gonna be with breath so I think it's fair to say that most of us are feeling huge amounts of stress of late whilst working through lots of challenges um I'd say particularly over the past 18 months but actually I, I think in general I just think that it's been you know brought to our attention more in the past 18 months um and I think some of us feel this pressure um through high power jobs and demanding careers um, which I'd say is a, a problem um, for our health and our lifestyle. So what advice can you give us as human beings to maintain a healthier lifestyle while, whilst holding down demanding careers and lives? You're so right, Rosie. Life is challenging, full stop, right? Um, now and always, but certainly now the globe seems to have been united by this challenge, doesn't it? So I think really there's only one way to overcome challenge, isn't there? And that is through change. And change is exactly how we human beings grow and evolve. The difficulty I think is that change can feel stressful itself. And that's why stress gets such a bad press, doesn't it? Mm. But I think the truth is that we actually do all need some stress activation in our lives. We need this optimal amount of emotional arousal to just get us going, keep us safe, keep us tuned in, activated for our day and productive because without that adrenaline and that noradrenaline and that cortisol that we have, we're actually pretty bored or 
apathetic, we don't have drive, we don't feel good, we don't evolve. So I think it's really important to think about that very fine tipping point between positive stress and negative stress, because too much stress, of course, and then, as you said, we're overloaded, we're overwhelmed, we're tired, we're exhausted. And when you've got that constant activation of your stress response in our high powered jobs and in our demanding careers and in our busy roles as parent and sister and brother and wife and husband and partner and friend, what happens is that we enter this state of chronic stress and chronic inflammation, which then affects all of our immunology and means that we're open up to pretty much every chronic disease going. So heart disease or diabetes, Alzheimer's, psoriasis, accelerated aging, you take your pick, which mm. one would you like? So I think we've got to remember that stress is there in a way to protect us it's an automatic reflex but we have got ways in which can we can reduce that what we need to do is really stop that reflex stress response and that's by changing those threats in our environment which can sometimes be hard to do but if you go back to physics and if you remember we learned that to every action there is an equal and opposite reaction which means that the opposite of stress is actually relaxation so the opposite of that automatic stress response in your body is your relaxation response and the good news here is that your relaxation response is not a reflex response it's very much under your control and you can activate it so you activate it through what's called your vagal nerve which means that your heart rate drops and your blood pressure drops and your breathing slows down and your muscles relax and you feel really calm and there are a number of ways to do this. And the reason for that for that song choice was one really important way to activate that relaxation response is through breath awareness. So um, I was working with a very, very busy, high powered CEO recently. He had absolutely no time, in fact, to be a human being because he was really busy being a human doing, doing one task, going from one task to another, always feeling on edge. And what we started doing was to work on his breath awareness so if you listen to those song lyrics um, that you've just played breathe like you know you should breathe till you're understood until you're feeling like yourself again feel the sunlight on your skin keep your heartbeat beating breathe 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 that's the important thing because actually what's really interesting is there's this tiny cluster of nerve cells in your brain which is called the locus cerulis and it connects to that vagal nerve which i mentioned and that nerve connects to your lungs and what we found is that this locus cerulis has got this sort of rhythmical behavior. It's got a rhythm to it. And yes, you guessed it, that rhythm, the timing of that rhythm matches the rhythm of your breathing. So that means that this tiny area in your brain is like your breathing pacemaker. And it sends out all these signals that go into the stress and emotional centers of your brain. And which is why the way you breathe actually affects the way that you feel. So interesting. And what we know is, again, if you slow down your breath rate down to six breaths a minute or less, then your breathing pacemaker reduces all your stress hormones and all that chronic inflammation in your body and slows down all that age acceleration. So this CEO that I was working with, his day was transformed. He simply practices 60 seconds of slowing down his breathing every hour. And what he noticed was that he really had much greater clarity his attention was better his focus on tasks was much more sustained it's a really powerful technique and you can use this anytime anywhere because guess what your breath is always with you 
That's so fascinating. It's the small things like that that can make such a huge difference to, to our day-to-day lives more than anything. And I guess the next thing I want to discuss is about our biological age, because I know that you do a lot of work with this, and it very much plays a, an important factor in leading a better way of life. So what do you do and what do you offer to lower this? And, and how does that side of things work? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. So uh, this is the stuff that I, I love chatting about. So when we think about our age, I think we always think about maybe how many candles we blow out on our cake, don't we? Or the age on our passport. But actually, that age that you see on your passport isn't entirely accurate. And the reason for that is because as time passes, we all actually age at different rates. And that rate depends very much on our lifestyle and our environment. So what really matters is the age of your cells, what you've referred to as your biological age, because that's the strongest predictor of how long you'll live and how well you'll live. Not whether your chronicle age is, chronological age is 55 or 65 or 43, it's your biological age that is your predictor. And of course, we've now got this incredible cutting edge science and we can not only just measure your biological age, but you can also track it and change it, which means you can actually slow down your aging trajectory by making changes to your lifestyle. So I think for me, in terms of that discovery, it was really important. But the real thing that I wanted to think about was that the tracking and the mapping and how do you change it? And I think over the sort of 20 years that I've been working as a doctor and all those experiences that I've had with with my patients, what I've actually been able to do is to crystallize this into a blueprint for health. So I call this blueprint the lifestyle first method, because what it does is it focuses on the 10 key dimensions of health which keep you living longer and healthier Um, and I use this lifestyle method this lifestyle first method really to sort of track lifestyle changes and map them against changes to your to your biological age so as I said earlier I do love acronyms so of course lifestyle first stands for something so L is life's purpose I is identity F is food E is exercise S is sleep T for time out, Y for your connections, L for learning habits, and E for emotions, and of course, first commitment and confidence. So again, a really easy to remember acronym. It's the whole of your lifestyle, everything you do in your lifestyle, and it focuses on those 10 key dimensions that will lower your biological age. And if I just give you a a quick fact, my personal biological age is almost 30 years younger than my chronological age. So I'm going to say that again, my cells are nearly 30 years younger than I am. And yours absolutely can be as well. Um, So maybe if I just give you a quick example of how I work to utilize the lifestyle first method. So as an example, if you live with purpose and meaning, you live longer. And there's research which show this. Um, If you look at the blue zones, which are areas in the world where people do live the longest lives, if you have a strong relationship and feel as if you're part of a connected community, you live longer. 
if you sacrifice sleep for work, you shave years off your life. If you prioritize sleep as your non-negotiable, you add years to your life. So this is all the stuff that I really love talking about in depth. And um, I've got a members lounge as well, the Lifestyle First Lounge, which is sort of virtual lounge for, for busy professionals who really do want to outsmart stress and, and outlive life. And that's where I really go deep on all these kind of stress modifying age reversing techniques and I test everybody's biological age and map lifestyle changes to the lifestyle first method so that you have absolute control over your trajectory and all those things um, within that method that I've, that I've just mentioned. Amazing and how can you actually uh, test for your biological age how can we find out what it is? Ah, right. Okay. So I, um, I offer um, a simple uh, test, which is um, a blood test. Um, and then okay. that's sent to a lab. And of course, the labs do all of the, uh, the behind the scenes working, looking at your genetic profiles and, and mapping some of your immunoglobulins. So the test that I focus on really looks at sort of your immunological um, work and the connection between sort of immunity and, and aging, which is a big topic for, for another day. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I would concern sort of um, organized blood tests and, and and that's uh, pretty easy to do. It just takes a good few weeks for the labs to, to uh, create the actual markers for you. What do you think employers can do to support well-being in the workplace? Oh, that is so important, isn't it? I think workplace well-being is everybody's business. So what's going to be easiest here? So when I work with employers, I find it really useful to think about the three C's so that organizations can put workplace well-being at the absolute core of their organization. So these three C's to focus on um, are compassion, connection, and customization. So maybe if I just expand that a little bit, I think we're all innately compassionate, aren't we? It's how Homo sapiens has evolved. We've evolved to take care of each other. We're evolved to take action to alleviate suffering. And that's the definition of compassion. That's how we've managed to survive in our caves uh, through all these years by really looking out for each other. So you've got to think about how keeping that compassion alive within your organization. And how do you create that? Well, you create even more compassion through the second C, which is connection. So there's this analogy which I think about um, here. I don't know if you've ever walked into a, a wood, Rosie, and noticed how the floor of, of the wood or the forest is really made up of all these intertwining roots which seem to come from so many multiple trees and different sorts of growth and all different sizes and shapes and ages of trees all intertwined at that ground level yeah. that is connection isn't it I think if you think about it that's that's the trees connecting and it's not only how trees connect that's how trees communicate as well and that's what we do as well that's how we connect and we communicate there's this is sort of two-way street between employees and employers so employees need to share with their employers what is really going on and what they need and employers need to provide a space for communication a place for a voice to be heard and I think once you've got that once you've got this compassionate connection in your organization you can then begin the job of customization and this is really important because I don't think any workplace well-being program can be just picked off the shelf You've really got to know your people, connect with your people, know what they need and measure their needs. So gather data, data, data. We live in data rich environments. It's so interesting collecting data because I think without data, you really don't have direction. You just can't change what you can't 
measure. So I think it's important to put in those interventions that you know are needed and then measure the impact. And that's that's how I help employers support workplace well-being. Um, and keep doing this compassionate connection leading to customization of your well-being support and interventions. And I think if you want a capable and connected and productive workforce, you really also have to tap into the lifestyle of your employees. So a simple thing like, let's take sleep, for example. Do you know who the morning larks are in your organization? Or do you know who the night hours are? Because night hours are most productive and at their peak after three o'clock in the afternoon. They're not at that peak at that 9 a.m. meeting. So it's really useful to know this about your employees. Are your employees taking breaks? So I think sometimes we're just so passionate about our work that we just want to keep going, or we're so pressured by our work that we have to keep going. But breaks and time out, what they do is they activate, again, this part of your brain called the default mode network. And that's the part of your brain where your untapped creativity and productivity connections sit. So it's really important to have that time out, not to just stop working, but to allow your brain to do those creative things that you need it to do. And it's, it's amazing stuff, but you know, think about movement, as I said, what opportunities are there to move in your organization? So simply standing, and I know you can't see me right now, but I'm standing up um, for this uh, episode right now, because what a standing does is it gives you greater mental agility if you stand while you work, and of course, you live longer. So this is all lifestyle medicine, it's tapping into what makes us human, and I think we need to do that for ourselves to be able to live this life of purpose and performance. And employers also need to be able to provide the support for individuals to really connect their lifestyles to their life at work as well. Interesting stuff there. I hope our listeners have uh, taken note. That was really good. So um, I wanna move on to our third song choice. Um, and then we have a few more questions before we wrap up. Um, so this song is by Rael and it's called Yes, Yes, I Can. Share with us why this song resonates with you, Alka. I think this is about that sense of capability and ability and having really strong self-belief. And I think this is so important in our in our day-to-day, isn't it? I think we've got, humans have got great capacity and great capability, but we sometimes self-sabotage by our own internal mental chatter or our own self-doubt. And the reason, again, I, I chose this song is, you know, those words, yes, yes, I can. If you just use those simple words and let them resonate with you, you really will find that you're you're tuning into your increasing your own self-belief about your own capabilities. I'ma work it out, I'ma show you how I get it done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be proud, proud to be the me that I become. Once I start it, I can't stop I'm gonna give it all I got I'ma do it right now I'm about to show you Yes I can, yes I can, yes I can If you're looking at me right now I'm about to show you Yes I can And that was Rael with Yes, Yes, I Can. So I want to focus our attention more to women um, and ask, in your experience, what are the main lifestyle concerns and issues that women come to you with? 
I do hear a lot of things, Rosie. So what do women say to me? They say to me, I'm not good enough. I think I've got imposter syndrome. I wish I had better self-esteem. I don't know who I am anymore. I can't sleep. I'm exhausted. I've tried everything and I can't lose weight. I've got brain fog. I'm so burnt out. I've got everything, but I'm just not feeling happy. Do you think those issues change depending on our age as women? Um, interesting question. I think age on its own, not necessarily, but life and life events and life circumstances um, can start to change that as well. Because I think what, what happens with a lot of women is that we're, I think we're very naturally sacrificial. So by that, I mean, we, we enable everything else to rise above us and us, the individual, ends up at the bottom of that list of priority. And I think it's more that rather than age per se, but yes, certainly as we get older, priorities change, uh, life events happen, experiences change. So I think that that has got a bigger influence um, really. And do you have different, I mean, depending on sort of the concerns, you mentioned being happy at the end of that. And obviously, you know, happiness is a, is a big thing in life, in both our careers and in our personal lives. Do you think that's a huge influence to ensure women can feel better and healthier? Yeah, I think, again, happiness is a huge conversation, isn't it? But there's happiness in the moment. And I think we all need that. It's that sort of hedonic happiness. And we all look for that, don't we? That instant gratification. And I think that's absolutely fine that we get that surge of dopamine and those endorphins and feel good. But there's also that happiness which connects to fulfillment, what's sort of called eudaimonic happiness. So that's greater sense of contentment. Um, and I think both of those are important in our lives because that emotion is also a strong driver for what we then do. What gets difficult is chasing happiness. I think it's it's very hard to chase happiness, but I think there's certainly ways that we can live our day to day that automatically create that sense of immediate joy and longer term fulfillment for us all. And you're a parent yourself. So mm -hmm. what advice would you offer to women that are juggling busy lives and careers to reduce stress levels so they can make more time for themselves? Yeah, gosh, we're all doing this, aren't we? I have to say, though, my favourite, favourite saying that I say quite a lot is be where your feet are. So, <laughs> yeah, it might sound a little bit odd. So what does it mean? Well, what I simply mean is be present. So be present in the present moment so so many women tell me for example that they're at home reading a bedtime story to their little one but where's their mind their mind is thinking about the email they still need to send so work is busy it's stressful but we add another whole dimension to that stress by thinking about work even when we're not in a place where we're working or able to work that's self-inflicted stress and that of course creates even more physical and emotional burden doesn't it we ruminate we do really do keep on thinking and we can actually stop that and if you stop that simply by noticing you'll take away that layer of stress won't you so simply notice that you've drifted off into the land of rumination and every time you do come back 
to where your feet are because your feet are right here, right now, in the present moment, reading that book to your gorgeous little one. And I think that's, again, you know, it's, it's an exercise to do, just like you would, you know, you can't have a six pack or get your biceps sorted just by going to the gym once. This is practice. This is noticing your thoughts and continuously bringing yourself back to where you want to be, which is right in the, in the present moment. And, and maybe if I go back to the, the lifestyle first method as well, food, exercise, sleep, time out, these are all our fundamentals. So are you stopping to eat lunch on a busy day? Are you moving, stretching, walking, stepping outside during your working day? Are you making sure that you're not sacrificing sleep and are you taking time out to to rest and regenerate we all we all need this i've um, recently started just creating for myself and alka's away day just once a month so it's a day when i get away from any pressures that are weighing me down and that doesn't mean i've got to physically go away and isolate myself but it's just a day where i get to immerse myself in other things might be a good book might be going for a great long walk might be just getting my hair revamped and i think really important to just build that into your into your time as well because remember we are human beings not human doings so just make sure you allow yourself space to just be as well and what does success look like to you success oh yes so everyone will have a different definition of success I'm, I'm pretty sure of that but success for me is living a values driven intentional life so values driven intentional life um maybe i can share just what one more one more technique with you to share um so one more technique i've got a therapy qualification in acceptance and commitment therapy and this great technique that i use with my clients is called flavor and savor so if you know what your values are what matters to you what's important to you how you want to show up in the world if you use these values and sprinkle these into your everyday, flavor your day with your values, um, for example, flavoring your day with I am helpful, or I am kind, I am calm, I am energetic, I'm organized, I'm focused, whatever your values are, flavor your day with them. And at the end of the day, reflect back and just savor those moments when you played out your values, really savor those moments because that's what will have made your day successful. And success day after day creates a successful life. And as Rael says in her lyrics, she says, I'm gonna be proud, proud to be me, They're proud to be the me that I become. Yes, yes, I can, yes, I can. So be you, be proud to be you, play out your values, play them full out that is success so just to to wrap up i know obviously we're connected because you're going to be speaking at the business show which is on the 24th and 25th of november this year so in the next couple of weeks and um i just wanted to quickly share with the audience really what you're going to be talking about and also when are you on i'm not quite sure when it when you're on over the next those couple of days so yes, yeah, so uh, yes, absolutely. I'm talking in the uh, working from home theatre on the Wednesday, so Wednesday the 24th, and I'll be in the theatre at 12:30, um, and I'll be talking about the subject of work-life balance. So it will be a fun, uh, thought-provoking talk. So definitely come along. And tickets are free, aren't they? So it'd be great for as many people as possible to to come along. I'd love to meet uh, meet people who are listening today.
Yeah, amazing. Well, we're going to be exhibiting there. And um, for those that are listening, you can get free tickets through our website at modernwoman.co forward slash events. Um, yeah, we're going to be there. So I, I look forward to seeing you as well, Alka. I'm going to make sure I, I pass by and, and listen in a bit for sure. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy to, to connect. I'm sure, you know, people do want to catch up with me. Um, drop me a message on my website. It's drtragpatel.com. I'd be really happy to catch up with you um, at the show. You can arrange a place to me. And I'm also on all the socials at drtragpatel UK. So again, more than happy to, to uh, arrange to kind of catch up and meet and, and chat and, and talk more about this stuff that, that I love talking about. Brilliant. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we sign off with our last song? Oh, goodness. No, I just think, you know, um, embrace the stuff you love, live life with passion and purpose. Don't let the passion for your work, the fire for your work, be the same fire that burns you out. Really, really look after yourselves, prioritize yourself because you are important and you've got huge gifts to give out to the world. So do that. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. Alka Patel from Lifestyle First. And we're now signing off with the last record, which is Brother James with Grateful. Why such a struggle to be? My own insecurities are creeping upon me. No more time in today. The sun is fading away. And I'm left feeling cray cray. I need to make a change It's time to rearrange Late night in bed I lay Why does it seem so strange to Concentrate On what's great And sustain this feeling Give it meaning It is healing With one simple question This is Modern Woman Find us at modernwoman.co for further info.